Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and will increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. So welcome to the Side Action Podcast. Uh, this is episode 70. See, this is our third season, and we're doing the NFL preview, which is episode one for us here. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. So here we are trying to do a video slash podcast here. It's, it's, it's a new world for us, Action. Videocast, I think, is the <laughs> proper nomenclature. Is that what it is? Awesome. Yeah, third season, new and improved. We've got a new studio, virtual That's studios right. across state lines. So That's hopefully right. we're not breaking any laws by podcasting across state lines. <laughs> I'm sure we are. That's the way we like it, Action. Um, so, hey, let's just do a quick catch-up. I mean, it's been months. We Our last podcast was beginning of March, wasn't it? Before we it was conference tournament time for the basketball and all of a sudden, it just shut down really quickly. Yeah. Um, the yeah, same night. Was the same night? I think it was March 11th, Wednesday, March 11th, when Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus and right. shattered the world and put us into this pandemic tailspin where we lost sports yeah. forever. Thanks, Rudy Gobert. Um, stop touching all those mics. I didn't touch my mic. I, I put hand sanitizer all over it, so it's fine. <laughs> But, um, yeah, what have you been up to? I mean, you've had some big changes in your life, man. Yeah, well, uh, working my butt off. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good. I think that was a good pandemic activity. And then um, around June, we started searching for houses here in southeastern Michigan and scored one in the beautiful town of Ferndale. So just nice. moved in about a week ago and got my new office and podcast studio set up here and um, ready to get going. Other than that, I've been trying to get outside and run a little bit the gyms are still closed here in michigan so my uh my muscles are a little weakened but i think they're gonna be (laughs) open again on wednesday so i'm looking forward to that oh that's big that's huge how about you uh well i mean lots of changes you know as we've talked about the the covid stuff was you know working from home which was new for me had to get used to this kind of thing all the time video calls part of our lives now as you know, uh, my daughter went to college. Uh, she's in Philly. Even though they kind of switched from in-person to virtual within a week of her leaving, we kind of readjusted, and I moved her out there just over two weeks ago. So technically an empty nester here, uh, just kind of filling my time with work and playing volleyball. Uh, be doing that later today. And then, as you know, I do other things, fantasy football and stuff. So keep myself busy, keep myself busy. But unlike you, I, I mean, I haven't been – I've never been a gym guy anyway. But just playing sports keeps me in shape. So this is probably the best shape I'll get in all year. And then I'll slowly put on the winter pounds. But um, that's how it works. So I have not been gambling. I know you have been. Uh, I've been doing nothing. I've been doing some blog posts, you know, at Wexpool.com just for, you know, talking about COVID, talking about some past experiences. I did do a dating post recently, but that was after like 18 months of a layoff. But You've been you've been doing some gambling though, huh? A little bit, yeah. So uh, the Wegs bankroll has remained untouched since March 11. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, the 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 rich bankroll. It was I actually put, took the money out of bet online, so I got to reload. But oh, that's right. 
Uh, more on that later. I, I set up an account at Rivers, actually. Just, oh, just a, did that nice. yesterday. Good for you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've been dabbling a little bit when sports restarted back in, I can't even remember now, it must have been like May when the mm-hmm. German Bundesliga kicked off. Did a little <laughs> bit of soccer. Uh, right. Did a little bit of KBO, South Korean baseball, which turned out okay. Um, but I've kind of shifted my focus away from that recently, gotten into a little bit of golf once the golf mm-hmm. tournament started back up did well in the PGA, but the past couple of tournaments have really kind of uh, faded a little bit my interest level, so I don't really get involved in the PGA Championship stuff. The, this past weekend, I think a couple of the golfers started with like a handicap stroke yeah. advantage, which was really strange right. for me. So It's weird. I don't like that they do that either, but you know, it's just because it's a huge purse at the end. They make tons of money, mm-hmm. so... Um, but yeah, so just for our new listeners, we're going to get so many new listeners if we put this up on video. That's right. And we've done this. this is our third season. We started off two years ago before the NFL and college football seasons. And we kind of just started this as an escapade where we're talking about sports gambling because it's becoming legalized throughout the country. You know, we're taking it uh, one season at a time. You know, Action's a more seasoned gambler than I am. I've learned a lot over the last two years trying to increase that massive bankroll action was talking about. Uh, and we do a lot of analytics to try to figure out what we can do, you know, to make you guys better betters too. We also just talk about how gambling's changed across the country and, and so on. And one of the big things we do, this is the second year we're going to do it. We're going to go to Vegas this weekend on Friday, and we're going to enter in the Circa Million contest for the second year in a row. Uh, didn't do great. Uh, we'll talk a little more about the contest at the end of the, at the end of the pod here, but Pretty excited about that trip, even though it'll be kind of weird to go to Vegas with masks on and everything. But mm-hmm. but uh, essentially, we can win a million bucks, which we are going to win this year, Action. That's, That's what we're right. doing. Uh, <laughs> three million this year, Wags. I don't it's know if you heard. Derek J. Stevens, Detroit's own, um, yes. posted that he is going to guarantee $3 million for the purse in the Circa Million 2 this season. And Correct. it was kind of untimely for him because it was right before the pandemic. And now... Oh. Uh, understandably, the numbers are a little bit low. So as of this current morning, there's a huge overlay for this mm-hmm. contest, which means that there's going to be more money guaranteed than there is entrance into the contest, which kind of increases the odds of the payout for us when we win. When we win. Well, the big thing is, one of the reasons for that is you have to go in person to register. Mm-hmm. And we are lucky enough to have our number one proxy in America. That's... Uh, DJ Ward, my brother-in-law, who who can help us on that front. We'll be seeing him next weekend. So, yeah, there's just not as many people going out to Vegas, right, to sign this thing up. Maybe in the next week, we'll see. We're going to be out there. I'm sure there'll be people that will run up, but got to love those overlays. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out over the next week. I think that if there continues to be a big overlay, you might see a lot of people driving in from California, for example, right. other areas on the West Coast to sign up for this contest. So Sure. Well, let's jump into the actual pod here. Uh, let's you know, first, let's kind of general overview of legislative updates, which we do typically on the podcast. I only kind of did a quick research, but I, I know that you know a couple states did get some new you know approvals. Virginia is one of them, and in, in April got approval. They they don't have a mechanism to bet yet, um, but there's been online. Uh, you've got Arkansas's online, Colorado, Delaware, New Hampshire. Obviously, Illinois had been up and running, but actually you can do it now physically. Uh, so there's been a lot of changes since we last got on. You know, the, we kind of talked about when we first started this thing, 
It'll be across the country. We're not quite there yet, but you know, there's several states that you can do it in and that revenue, you know, they need the revenue. That's for sure. Yeah. So I read early in the pandemic that they were doing online signups for Bet Rivers and other books in Illinois because of the pandemic. But now the governor um, took that back. And did you have to go in person to sign up at Bet Rivers? That is incorrect. I did it online yesterday. Oh, OK. Good. <laughs> yeah, they, it's kind of nice not to promote Rivers, but uh, they did do kind of like Bet Online. It was a up to $250 match. I just did a hundred bucks, but they, you know, they did get match my money. So I got $200 in the bank, in the bank over there to be able to bet. Um, and it's interesting. They didn't have any futures bets. It was all week one, you know, actually they've done lines all the way through week 17 already. Wow. Kind of interesting. I, I was going to ask you about that. That's not typical from what I've seen. So in lieu of futures, they've have, <laughs> you can make spread bets for all through week 17, which is bizarre, but they have all the different uh, teams I'm not sure where they're getting their lines from. I was kind of trying to compare the lines. They're very similar to Bet Online. They're they're not, you know, we we kind of talked about this. There's a lot of regionalism in mm-hmm. in these casinos sometimes. I think maybe it's just the vig, you know, for example, the Bears game. You know, Bears are getting points on the road, taking the points. Um, I think it was, let's see, minus 115 or something instead of minus 110 that you'd see on Bet Online. So there's a little bit more. You know, you have to pay a little more juice because of that regionalism here in Chicago. I know you've seen that at the Horseshoe, right, if you've gone out, out there? Yeah, a little bit. I think uh, the Horseshoe is being run by William Hill now because okay. they're, they're tied in through Caesars. But um, not unsurprising, being in Illinois, that you have to pay higher taxes. So. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Of course you do. No, Don't I even mean, get started. <laughs> that's definitely something that you need to be aware of for some of these new books that are coming online. I think Canby is the big operator who kind of um, supplies the lines for a lot of these sports books, including DraftKings and FanDuel as well. So right. you'll probably see some similar numbers across the board. Now, in your home state, Michigan, they have both in-person and online betting? Online has not kicked off yet. Um, I know that a couple of the sports books have reopened once the governor gave the okay for the casinos downtown to open. I saw online that BetMGM had their book open downtown as well as there's a sports book at uh, Motor City Casino. However, okay. um, the online wagering system has not been up and running yet. I read it's supposed to be by the end of September, but I haven't seen any okay. updates recently. So I'll have to keep the listeners posted on that. We'll see. Uh, a friend of mine, again, not did, didn't do enough research, America, I'm sorry, but um, that locally, you know, that one of the things Illinois did was to try to ice out DraftKings and FanDuel from just rolling right in. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from a friend that FanDuel is – well, maybe it was DraftKings, is basically partnering with one of the local casinos to offer the online portion of the book. Um, so you may see that uh, in some of those places that we look at. And then, um, as you know, there's no games. You can't attend the games, but the kiosks at Wrigley and things like that will be up and running for next season if they, if we get out of this pandemic. So there's a lot of changes locally here as well, in addition to just, uh, like, I, like I said, with Rivers. So. Mm-hmm. And I saw an announcement this week that Wrigley is getting a huge sports book. I can't recall if it was DraftKings or FanDuel. One of the right. two is partnering to build a massive sports book there in Wrigleyville, not far from your abode. That's right. It's smart. I mean, they, I think that they have, the teams have, I think it's within, maybe it's a half a mile or a quarter mile of the stadium. They have like exclusive right to control that process or something. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm sure that um, <laughs> the Ricketts have their hand in that. Uh, they basically kind of bought out a lot of land over there. So I can see that them putting in, instead of one of those bars, putting in a big sports book, which will be fun. I mean, you know, when you when you roll back into town, we'll, we'll hit yeah, that. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, let's talk about the NFL. Um, we're gonna do, this is really going to be an NFL-centric episode, almost all NFL preview. But let's talk generally about, you know, how, I don't know, the, basically the, the landscape of the NFL with COVID this year is a lot of different changes. I just put down some topics to talk about. Um, one of the things was the home field advantage just kind of popped into my head. You know, some stadiums like Kansas City, I guess, are allowing uh, fans to come to games, but up to maybe 25 percent. So maybe they'll have 20,000 people. I don't know. A single B uh, versus 80. And then other ones are not going to have any. Maybe they'll pump in some music. Uh, how do you how do you think that's going to affect, you know, handicapping? And you know, normally we look at like a three point spread difference for a home team. Do you think this is going to change what the book does? Well, this has been a topic on many of sports gambling shows and media coverage over the last couple of weeks, and you hear all kinds of differing viewpoints on it. I personally don't think it's going to be that much of a factor for a large majority of NFL teams. There are a handful that year in and year out have a huge advantage based on their crowd, and I think New Orleans, Minnesota, Seattle, and Kansas right. City really kind of come to mind on that front. So I think that those couple of handful of teams might see a small impact from a lesser or no crowd in the stadium. But across the board, I don't think it's something that's going to be a major impact in terms of the point spread. You probably do want to back off your perceived home field advantage a little bit. But there's plenty of other factors that you'll need to consider, too, in terms of travel and um, some of these players' normal routines might be interrupted because of the pandemic more so than anything having to do with fans and stands. Right, for sure. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to cover was, you know, there's been some changes for roster and testing protocols with COVID, which, I mean, really are beneficial. I mean, they've, they've done, from what I've seen, a pretty good job, at least reported cases. First of all, the rosters, you know, they, you know the collective bargaining agreement was going to make a change to the practice squad already. But for this year, because of COVID, they went from 12 and it was going to be 14 and now it's 16 on the practice squad. And then teams can actually protect four players from that practice squad where in the past, usually they're not protected at all. You can be you can pick up a guy like, you know, the day of if you want to and fly him in. So it's a little bit of a difference on the roster side. But more importantly, you know, NFL teams have to test their players daily, which is kind of nuts. Did you have you seen Hard Knocks? Did you watch that at all? No, I haven't watched it. Okay. I kind of streamed it uh, last night or yesterday during the day just to try to watch it. And they were just kind of the whole first episode was about the swabbing and, you know, Zoom calls and everything that we've all dealt with. But apparently they're testing daily and they have to test daily up until the day before the game. Visiting teams have to test. Uh, again, the day before the game. And then if they have somebody who has, you know, obviously a positive, then they get taken to a protocol. If it's an inconclusive result, they actually have to test again the day of with the rapid testing. And all those results are published two hours before the game. So and in addition, there's like a COVID IR spot, basically. And you can be on that list until you get, I think it's two negative tests after that where you can come back um, and it kind of affects, you know, when all these tests come through, when you can pick up free agents and practice or elevate people to practice squads. So with all that said, um, how does that impact the way you would bet, you know, 
a game, for example, are you going to wait a little longer than normal? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest impact this season is normally as a better, you would try to get the early numbers. I mean, right. years past, you would see openers that come out on late Sunday, right before kickoff of the Sunday night football game for the following week. And I usually would sit around and try to pick those off based on anticipated numbers that I'm looking for. But for this season, I think that we're going to have to use a little bit more caution in terms of getting out in front of some of these games because there's going to be so much news that occurs throughout the week that could change the handicap right. significantly. So I, I do think that we'll probably want to sit around and wait a little bit and try to uh, pick off numbers later in the week as it gets closer to game time. Um, right. Especially when looking at the contest, too. I know last year we stayed away from Thursday night games. I think that's right. a near certainty this season just because of the news cycle. And I wonder, because it's, it says here that, you know, kind of one of the magic times is 4 p.m. the day before the game to kind of get this designation of when you can pick up free agents versus elevate practice squad players and so on. So I wonder if that's when people are going to start publishing results, like at least the inconclusive results. And then you're waiting. I mean, if you're a fantasy player, of course, you're like, you know, inconclusive result. You're going to have to wait for two hours before for the inactive report. Um, but that can affect. I mean, we've talked that about in the past, though. A lot of times those injury reports, you know, they move the line a little too far, right? There's a perceived uh, value. I mean, a quarterback is one thing, but if it's a receiver or a running back or even a defensive end, it doesn't affect the number as much as it as we think it should, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they're spot on. I think outside of the 32 quarterbacks, um, a lot of players move the market much more than they probably should on a weekly basis. You have a star wide receiver or running back for example who i think running backs are a dime a dozen now in the current nfl so you'll right. see numbers move and probably move a little bit too far sometimes which opens up some value on the team that uh, is losing the star player right right a couple of the other topics i was thinking about you know just lack of practice you know there were no preseason games as you know as most of our listeners know that there are no preseason games this year this is the first time ever uh, and, you know, usually those first few preseason games are a little rough to watch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you think that's going to work in terms of this year? You've got you know, what are you looking at? I mean, I'm looking at do you think offense is going to be having an advantage or defense or are you looking at continuity of coaching staffs or rosters or I mean, who are you thinking that is going to benefit from this on, from a betting perspective? Uh, there's a lot to unwrap there. I think um, the main point that is a lot of betters are looking forward to, and you've already seen it in the market this week and some of the moves, is that continuity of coaching staff. A lot of those mm -hmm. teams that have new coaching staff coming in are seeing the point spreads move away from them, namely Carolina Panthers, the New York right. Giants, and um, and San Diego San Diego, LA, Lake <laughs> LA and Las Vegas now, and the Washington football team will probably misstep a few times. But right. um, outside of that, I personally am looking for the defenses to have a little bit of an advantage early on this season because the offenses haven't really had that time to gel and get their game plans in order. So I personally am going to be looking to target a few unders here early on in the season looking at that mindset. Of course, there are going to be some outliers like the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. I mean, they can roll out of bed and put up 35 points. So right. um, what are your thoughts on that subject? I mean, to me, I, I do think the continuity is the key, the key. I'm looking at teams that have basically are returning the same squad effectively 
and then the same just the same battery of people do they have the same defensive coordinator the same offensive coordinator you know teams that are unknowns that could be good you know like a dallas you've got mccarthy there they have the same team but a different coach right whereas other teams you know about them later like jacksonville i don't know what's going on i mean it's like tank city that's like tank city team right so I'll, you know, everybody's going to be targeting them but i like your point about carolina and the giants they've got new systems and they've got you know young quarterbacks i mean bridgewater's coming over in carolina it's a totally new team for him mm-hmm. and then in the giants you've got daniel jones i mean i'm not sold on him anyway now you've got another new coach there you know you just got to stay away from them for a couple of weeks you don't know what they're going to expect um Whereas other teams, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously I'm, I'm on you with Kansas City and, you know, you still got you got Big Ben coming back in Pittsburgh. There's certain teams I kind of feel like you can count on those teams, you know, especially even early in the year until injuries start hitting. So agreed. Um, I was just going to pull another topic here. Lessons from other sports. I know that, you know, baseball's had a lot of cancellations or postponements. Um the NBA really hasn't had that many, right? Maybe one or something besides the, you know, protest type stuff. Um, do you, I don't know, there's anything to glean from that? Have you seen anything out of those? You haven't been betting baseball, right? I mean, I was wondering if there was kind of like a, a rule of thumb. If they got an extra day off, they're playing better, you know, something like that. If there is anything like that, anything to it. Yeah, I mean, you've seen in a couple of situations where baseball teams have, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals were off for like 10 days, I think. And yeah. just this past week, the Oakland Athletics had a similar layoff. And both of them came back and didn't play very well in the first one or two mm-hmm. games. So I think there's some impact there for other sports. I'm not sure that it would necessarily apply to football just because of the different nature of the game. It's not like you're trying right. to dial in, hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball or shoot three-pointers or, or other types of, like, accurate accuracy focused things I think quarterbacks will probably have their ability to throw accurately even with a little bit of a layoff one thing though that I think um, is going to be really interesting is the offensive line play Um, we touched on a little bit in the last conversation about that discontinuity and I think that I'm going to be looking for lines that are intact from year over year I think two teams that Mm -hmm. come to mind Indianapolis Colts who are returning Mm -hmm. the same five starters as well as the L.A. Chargers uh, and the Oakland Raiders, both having that offensive line coming back intact, I think is going to be major keys for them early on. Right. The Vegas Raiders, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Vegas Uh, Raiders. (laughs) Well, you added something that's that's important we didn't talk about from the beginning, is there is an expanded playoff format this year, too. So they're putting in more teams on each side, uh, which is awesome, a seventh team on each conference. Which also makes, you know, not just it makes it more fun for us, but it kind of keeps more teams in it, right? You know, there's going to be more teams in it to win it, you know, late in the season. I mean, any given Sunday, people do play hard for incentives. But if you've got that extra playoff spot on the line, it's going to keep everybody trying to play through all all through week 17. Yeah, at least for 31 teams. I think that yeah. Jacksonville has already shown <laughs> their cards. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no I doubt about it. I got a play running back there yesterday, actually. They, they said, hey, do you want to dust off the cleats and come on Jacksonville? So. Oh, and what would you say? <laughs> you know, I, I, I would prefer the buyout, the, the injury buyout. You know, the, my knee was, was not going to happen. So, you need you know. some more guaranteed money there. Right. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how these playoff pictures shake out late in the season. You're going to have teams that normally may look to put in some young, some youth later in the season mm-hmm. that may not necessarily throw in the towel quite as early with that chance to secure the seventh spot and sneak into the playoffs. Well, and the other factors you noted is there's only one team with with basically that sweet you know home field advantage throughout. It's it's a really important to be the one seed this year mm-hmm. because now you have to play in wild card weekend if you're the two. So there, those teams can't just sit on their laurels for the last week or two, which you've seen time and time again in the NFL, unless some team is just completely rolling. But typically speaking, that's really hard to do in the NFL for more than a week. And now, I mean, you saw it last year, that really changed New, New England's fate when they had to go on the road. Um, and maybe they wouldn't have been the one seed. But still, you know, once you have to play a game, that makes a big difference. It makes you susceptible to losing. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for this football season. I, you know, going through the news cycle and seeing everything that occurred with college football and the cancellations, and now the Big Ten is going to try to play again. One thing that I always rested on was that the NFL will surely find a way to make it work, and we're really looking forward to that kicking off this Thursday. Absolutely, yeah. When you've got professionals that need to make money, that's what the NFL is. It's kind of a, it's tough on them, but it's great for us because they are going to play and. They're going to do every testing required. They're going to mine their P's and Q's to get that money. So, well, Let's jump into the actual teams and, and figure it out. I figure let's go divisionals first, then we can go into the futures of the Super Bowl and stuff, and then week one. Um, let's just go, you know, division by division. Let's start at AFC East. Uh, I mean, Everybody's darling this year is our Bills. We were early on them last year. We love the Bills. Too bad they let us down in the uh, in the playoff game. But they're actually, you know, they're sitting at there looking at like nine wins. They're bet online's favorite at plus one ten. Um, I don't know. You've got New England just behind. We can talk about them in a minute. Plus one fifty. Expected nine wins. Uh, Miami a little bit improved. Plus seven hundred at six and a half wins. And then the Jets. Uh, also, you know, six and a half wins at plus 850. Um, is there any spot on there that you're looking for? You know, you got an angle on any of these teams? I, I don't really have a, a play in, at the top of this division. I think that um, Buffalo is certainly a deserving favorite. But you've seen sure. in the last couple of weeks that New England is really um, catching some steam in the market. I think that mm-hmm. win total might have dipped down to eight and a half or eight for a moment until uh, Cam Newton really seemed like he was going to be their quarterback. And, right. and now it's back up to nine wins. And I, I wouldn't fade New England by any stretch of the imagination. If I had to pick a winner in this division, it would probably be the Patriots. I know, me too. You know, I do, basically I go game by game for the entire season. Did it last weekend. I was not going to do it. I'm like, oh, I got to do it. And still had New England coming out on top. And I, I love Buffalo. I think Sean McDermott's an awesome coach. I will root for them. We will look for their spots. That defense is legit, but it's hard to hard to take out the king. And as much as Belichick doesn't have Brady, he's got Newton solid, and that defense is excellent. So I agree, it's going to be tough to see them outright losing the division. It's going to be close. My only angle is I'm I'm an anti-Jets guy. Uh, I'm not saying that they are garbage like Jacksonville, but six and a half seems high to me. I've projected them to win four games. So minus 140 is a little bit of a steep price for the under there, but 
that's where I would target. Um, you've listed that you've got Miami over six, and I like that too. I think they're going to be much improved. I just have them right at seven, so I mean, I'd be sweating it out there. Uh, but you got minus one. Does that a, a bet that you did at minus one thirty? Yeah, I do have the Miami Dolphins win total in pocket over six wins. I uh, took the flat six there as opposed okay. to six and a half, just keeping open sure. the option of a push, which I think is decently likely. I mean, I one thing we didn't talk about is I did try to be a little bit um, uh, lesser in the futures market this season, just because you have so many unknowns with the virus. Sure. And, um, any cancellations or, you know, if they don't play 16 games at most shops, they're just going to end up refunding these season long bets. So I try to be careful about making too many of them this season and really just want to keep the bankroll for the week to week basis. And, you know, just to, for our newer listeners, we've talked about futures bets, the downside of futures bets, you, you can maybe get a little more uh, plus money here, but you're, you're not going to see this money until January 1st, right? Or you're at the end of the season. So, you're, you're outlaying your money for months. You just have to know that you're going into that. So it's great to be that guy who bets, you know, a thousand to win, you know, whatever. When the Bengals win, the, you know, win the division at 1800 plus 1800, but you got to wait till <laughs> you got to wait really long. This is the AFC North, a little preview there. Cincinnati plus 1800 to win this division. They're the worst. Um, Baltimore's the heavy favorite, minus 180, uh, 11 and a half wins there. Pittsburgh plus 300, nine and a half wins. Cleveland uh, plus 525, eight and a half wins. Then Cincinnati, five and a half wins. You know, uh, the market doesn't seem to support that Baltimore is going to win all those games. It's pretty heavy juice to the under there, minus 150. Mm -hmm. I still like this team quite a bit. I think they're the class of the division. But I do like Pittsburgh to bounce back with Big Ben in the fold. Uh, nine and a half wins seems a little light. Um I would actually bet that plus 110 uh, is what I see at Bet Online, And I even might do the divisional at plus 300. Uh, it's not the value that I know Action likes to see, but at the same time, it's definitely one of the better values I see in the divisions. Well, we think alike because I, I didn't put it on here because I was scared to tell you about it. But now that you mentioned it, I have <laughs> Pittsburgh to win the division at 4-1. to one, um, Oh, that I work. made a lot early pandemic, like April or May. Just like you said, I think Pittsburgh is going to bounce back this year with Roethlisberger back in the fold. And also, I just have a hard time relying on the Baltimore Ravens' health at quarterback. I think the style that Lamar Jackson plays, he's one play away from being sidelined. And as soon as that yes. happens, I think that the Ravens are going to be in some pretty serious trouble in terms of their season-long prospects. Agreed. The other one, and not to pick on him, I think Cincinnati is going to be improved. I think your boy, Joe Burrow, you know, I'm surprised you're not wearing his jersey today. Um, <laughs> I just don't see them doing really well in this division. It's a pretty good division. So I might pick that. Um, I'm looking at under that five and a half at the plus 110. That's plus money. But we'll see. You, you, you like Cleveland, though, too. Yeah, I like Cleveland a lot. I think that last season they were the hype train in this division. Yes. If you recall, everyone loved the Browns and thought that – they were going to run through it, but it didn't quite turn out. And now with Kevin Stefanski as the um, head coach, I think that um, Baker Mayfield is going to be a little bit more grounded. I've read reports that they're going to play some formations that are a little bit more to his liking in terms of keeping an extra blocker in the backfield to give him some more time and protection. 
And I think that a lot of those wide receivers, Odell Beckham included, are going to be ready to uh, play some serious ball this season. So I'm not looking at the win total for them, but one bet I did pick out um, and ties back to that expanded playoff format is I like mm-hmm. Cleveland to make the playoffs this season at a plus money price of 115. So I, yeah. with that extra spot, you've got Cleveland's going to be fighting and right there in the playoff picture throughout this season. Yeah, and they were close, what was it, two years ago. They were right on the cusp. I mean, they're, they've been there. They have talent. So Stefanski's a real coach. I mean, I'm not saying the last guy was garbage, but he let those guys run amok, and this guy's going to actually make them play with football. Yep. Uh, the is next. This is, you know, you know, I was going to mention earlier when you talked about the Colts offensive line, we got a homer in the building. Um, the Colts are the are the actual uh, favorite at plus 120. Uh, nine wins is the nine uh, win total. The Titans at plus 170, 8.5. Uh, Houston plus 325 at 7.5. And then our Jags plus 2,500 at 4.5. And, and that's, that's generous. Um, so besides the Jags, which I still might pay that minus 125 total to go under that four and a half, um, do you like anybody else in this division? Well, this division is going to be fascinating. These top three teams are all certainly capable of making a playoff run themselves or winning this division outright. But I think really the class is going to be Indianapolis and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I expect that Houston is going to take a little bit of a hit this season. Outside of Deshaun Watson, I really don't think that there's anything that excites you about them. I mean, they traded away their best receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, for an aging David Johnson, who has been bad the past couple of seasons. So, right. And their top wide receiver, Will Fuller, can't stay healthy. So right. I don't really see Houston doing much damage this season. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, when I look at these numbers, it's a little surprising because, you know, the Titans obviously had an incredible run last year. They were the only team to maybe cons- possibly beat Kansas City, I guess, in the playoffs. I mean, all of them were beating Kansas City. But, but I mean, that format worked. It's playoff football. Uh, this eight and a half looks low. But, I mean, obviously Tannehill had a career year, and we'll see if he – kind of regresses back to the pack. I have them winning the division and then the Colts making the playoffs. But, you know, I'm I'm with you in terms of the Colts being better. You know, they Brissett was solid, but Rivers is going to be better. Mm-hmm. They have an improved defense. And it's it's really I like their running back, Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be, you know, with and Max a great, you know, two one two punch, but Taylor could be elite. Um so I think those are the two teams to watch here. I just and I do think everybody's just going to get an easy win over Jacksonville, so it sets them up for playoffs. Yeah, two wins, right? <laughs> two wins over Jacksonville, so they, you know you're already kind of ahead of the pack in the AFC, which isn't as strong in my opinion as the NFC. So I think you probably will get two teams out of this uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I really do like Philip Rivers too. I think you hear a lot in the media the narrative about how he's old and washed up and. He doesn't have the arm strength, but I mean, reality is that line last season in front of him was just terrible. And yes, I think that contributed to a lot of the chargers demise last season. And now mm-hmm. moving across the country to Indianapolis behind this line, I think you're going to see a pretty awesome season out of Phillip rivers. Yeah. He's going to have a good season. It's indoors too. He's just can chuck it every time. Uh, the last division is the AFC West. I think this is also an intriguing 
division. Oh, Before we move on, I wanted to add, I know yeah. you you like the Jags under as well. Yep. I found an alternate total of four wins that gets you plus 130 on the return. So I've got that number in pocket. I think that the Jags, they traded away Leonard Fournette, released Leonard Fournette this week, released. showed yeah. their intent, yeah. and also Doug Marone is just a tight man walking. I don't think he's going to return next season. So they really have no incentive to win. Yeah, they're, they're trying to lose purposely for Trevor Lawrence. We know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, AFC West. Um, so this is, like, like I said, pretty intriguing division. You've got Kansas City at the top, a heavy favorite, minus 450, 11 and a half wins expected. You've got your Chargers at plus 850, seven and a half wins. Denver at not, plus 900 at seven and a half wins. And then the Raiders uh, plus 1,200 at seven and a half wins. So this, on paper, is top to bottom the strongest division. There's no real pushovers here. It really is pick your poison, in my view. I I think that Kansas City's, it's hard to say that they're a lock, but I love this team. I have already have a side bet on them winning the Super Bowl again. But, um, you know, I love Mahomes. I love that offense. And that defense just has to play solid, right? But the Chargers... I'm actually a little bit more down on the Chargers and higher on Denver. I'm not sure how you think about that. And I think the Raiders, what they always do is Chucky is such a good coach early in the season and first halves of games. I think they'll start off solid, but somehow he doesn't make the adjustments. They're right at that eight-win total, though. So there's going to be probably the lowest win total in this division is like seven wins. I mean, there's going to be two, maybe even three teams from this division in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that I agree with you in the Denver prognostication here. I see that you've got them chalked up for 10 wins. I know it's a lot. I'm not sure I see them getting there. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Drew Locke, and I don't mm-hmm. really think that they have the weapons that are, are really going to... I know they've got Jerry Judy in the draft. so he's Portland Sutton. Yeah. certainly going to be some good additions there, but uh, I'm not a big fan of Melvin Gordon in the backfield, and I think that the offensive line is going to be a little bit of a question mark for them. So I'm not sure I like Denver, but I do think that the Chargers are going to be a little bit better this season. You've got mm-hmm. a steady quarterback coming in there. in um, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Taylor, thank you, who's mm-hmm. going to be uh, sitting in there for Justin Herbert. And yep. I think that the Raiders are also going to be a tough out this season. John Gruden has proven that he can call offensive football. And they certainly have some exciting playmakers as well. They just need to get Derek Carr to push the ball down the field a little bit. And I think you could see a lot of points out of that team. Well, they have Henry Ruggs the third. I don't know if he can hit him because he's so fast. Uh, can he throw the ball 65 yards in the air? Because that, that guy can run. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I think Denver has a lot of weapons. I think that maybe the offensive line, maybe you're correct. Maybe they're not as good. That defense is really good. And I think Fangio in, we, in year two will show that, you know, they're going to be right up there they're going to be definitely top 10 if not top seven in the league and you got to go to mile high you know especially early in the season guys aren't going to be ready to be playing up there so if they've got a few home games it's going to be tough you're right drew lock is not the greatest but crap little weapons man so nobody's going to be kansas city but i mean it's it's going to be a really fun division to watch uh kind of old school where all all the teams are good and again, I think the Raiders have an advantage, not just with the new stadium. You know, playing in Vegas has got to be interesting. It's going to be hot. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be a home field advantage that that is something you can't factor in yeah. anywhere else. Um, we'll check it out. Yeah. One one thing that I was interested in is 
the Vegas blue in a normal season, when Vegas is normal Vegas, you might see these players yeah. fly in and go out a little bit on Thursday, Friday, Saturday before the game. But um, with this current season, I'm not sure it's going to be that much of a factor, at least early on. That's true. I mean, they they have to, <laughs> they got to stay in, get tested, right. <laughs> make sure they're not going to be testing positive. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? After those two um, Cleveland Indians pitchers went out in Chicago and then promptly got shipped <laughs> off the team, I don't see too many NFL players having the same fate. No, not guaranteed money in the NFL. So, yeah. Well, let's move over to the NFC now. We can talk about the, you know, playoffs and, you know, conference in a minute. So the NFC East is the top. You've got Dallas. They're the favorite right now at minus 135, nine and a half wins. Philly at plus 160 at nine and a half wins. The Giants at plus 1,000 at six and a half, and Washington plus 1,400 at five and a half. Uh, you know, it's an interesting. I, I I find it fascinating that the win totals are the same for Dallas and Philly, but the expected odds to win the division are different. Mm-hmm. So it to me gives you value on the Eagles, even though there's never look. It's been like 15 years since there's been a repeat winner of this division. That's maybe what what's the factor. But at plus 105, I mean, I'd probably take the over on the 9.5 for Philly just in value alone. I'm not sure if you agree with me on that. I don't. And uh, the main question mark I have about this team is Carson Wentz's health. I've Mm -hmm. been actively searching, scouring the news reports, but I don't know if you noticed. I I went through and looked at some of those um, game spreads throughout the season, and I haven't seen a single Philadelphia line that's posted at the moment. Uh, in mm. some of my shops. So I'm wondering if there's something going on with Carson Wentz that has okay. not made it out to the national media yet. Um, and for that reason, I just can't put any money behind them uh, for a season-long bet. I certainly think that they're going to be good if Wentz is healthy, but if he doesn't sure. play behind Wentz, they've got Sudfeld and uh, a rookie Jalen Hurts. So I think that Dallas is going to be the class of this division. I'm really excited about this team this season. And I think that mm-hmm. Prescott is going to uh, play for that money. Yeah, he's got to. No, I, I think Dallas is going to be great. I think those are the two teams. This is this is a, a two-horse race for me. Uh, Washington, I think, will be improved a little bit. But I don't think the Giants, I don't believe in the Giants at all. So I agree with you that, you know, Dallas is, should do it. I just don't know. I, I never was a McCarthy fan, so it's really hard yeah. to to. to handicap it you know they have such talent on that team especially on the offensive side of the ball and really the defense but they under underplayed last year the, the defense so you've got dallas to the east at minus 115 that's that's better than than what i see on bet online so good for you and getting a good number yeah i found that at five times and it was just a couple of days ago i don't think it's moved too much since then so it's interesting to see that bet online has a 20 cent difference there right the NFC North, you know, this is my home division with the Bears. Uh, Minnesota is plus 160 with a nine-win nine, nine win expectation. Green Bay at plus 175 with nine wins. The Bears at plus 400 at eight and a half wins. And Detroit at plus 475 at six and a half wins. Very interesting division. I have them, again, all really bunched up again. I do think Green Bay will come on top even though I think Minnesota's a hell of a team. I really love that team. But they lose digs. You know, they lose a little bit of weapons. You know, they really played, you know, I don't know. It's it's really tough. I know the Green Bay last year, they were a they were a shell. Like, they, they won all those games and shouldn't. Yeah. But I just kind of feel in year two they're going to be a little bit better. Um, 
I just and I don't believe in Detroit. I don't know why everybody seems to be up on Detroit this year. What is the deal? Am I missing something? Well, it's Matthew Stafford. Um, they, okay. they went out halfway through the season last year, and if you look at his numbers, he was having an MVP caliber season prior to the back right. injury. And I think that is really the main reason for that. They picked up a couple of solid players, defensive players in the draft. I know Jeffrey Okuda mm-hmm. was the number one pick. And you're right, the hometown Lions are receiving a lot of pub across the media. And a lot of people are picking them to win this division, Wex. Yeah, I'm going I'm going under. Uh, that's one of the ones I will probably bet. Plus 140, under 6.5. Not that they – I mean, they might win seven games, but – I don't know. I mean, I do like DeAndre Swift. I like the, and they just picked up Adrian Peterson, you know, okay. But I don't know. There's something missing with this team, and I'm not sure what it is. Didn't they lose Darius Slay on D? I mean, you know, this division isn't as high-flying as some others, but it's a pretty tough division. So I don't know. I mean, did you, you didn't put any bets in on this division? No, I have no money on this division. I think that uh, we touched on it earlier, but the lack of fans in Minnesota is going to be pretty impactful for that Vikings sure. team. And I'm kind of down on the Vikings in general this season. Mm-hmm. I think losing mm-hmm. Diggs is going to be a huge factor, and I'm not sure that their defense is going to play up to the level that they have the past couple of seasons. And Green Bay is – what a disastrous draft they had. The one thing yeah. that they needed is a wide receiver and – they picked Jordan Love in the first round, and now they're rolling out there with uh, Alan Lazard, I think, is the two behind Devontae Adams. So yep. I, I'm looking to fade Green Bay as much as possible this season in all likelihood. So you're on the Bears then? Uh, no, I don't think so. I do, not, <laughs> I do not believe in Mitch. How do you feel about your quarterback, Wex? Well, you know, I don't like Mitch Trubisky. I'm on record that, you know, obviously even when they drafted him, I thought it was a disaster. The only thing I will tell you, and we'll get to that picks in week one, he is excellent against Detroit, and especially in Detroit. So, you know, a little clue in. I'm betting on the Bears this weekend. Um, but other than that, no, I, I was kind of surprised Nick Foles didn't get the job outright. But it doesn't surprise his pace has to go down on his sword with his pick. And if they fail this year brutally, I think you're going to see pace out actually, as, as uh, general manager, because he, he, has, he has also screwed up a lot of drafts as well, uh, unfortunately. Just gave away too many picks. Yeah. Michael Lombardi all summer long was touting he had bet Mitchell Trubisky to be the Bears' week one starter, and that was the exact mm-hmm. reason, is because Pace had to, had to, he had no other option but to choose that option, or else he basically was admitting failure. Exactly. No question. So that's, that's not a football decision, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. CYA. Let's get CYA. Let's get into another division that's going to be interesting. Uh, some changes there. So New Orleans is the minus 120 favorite. Ten and a half wins is the expected total. Uh, the Bucks at plus 140 at nine and a half wins. Atlanta at plus 900, seven and a half wins. Carolina at plus 2,000, five and a half wins. So I'm not going to throw out Carolina outright. I do like uh, Matt Rule a lot, but this division's too good for him to jump up. It's interesting that seven and a half wins for Atlanta, but they're plus 900 to win the division. I do see the Saints winning the division, but I don't believe in the Bucks. Is that wrong to feel that way? They kind of feel like the the, the Browns hype train. Yeah. From last. I'm right there with you, lockstep. I think that Tampa Bay is uh, getting a lot of love this offseason and not really any reason behind it. I think that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians are not a very good fit together. 
Bruce loves right. pumping the ball down the field, and Brady just doesn't play that kind of football. And, yeah. Um, they brought in Rob Gronkowski, who I have no uh, no predictions that he's going to have a good season or even play a full season, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, their weapons outside are pretty awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, the Great receivers, receivers are going to be fantastic, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of style they play early on. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. They play, uh, they play New Orleans in Week One, correct? Yes, yes, they do. So we'll see. You know, that'll be a nice, you know, measuring stick. Although it's early in the season, uh, you know, I, that's one of the bets I'm looking at. Plus one twenty on the under for the win total. You know, I'm looking at about eight wins. They're at nine and a half, which means they have to win ten to win that bet. I, I'm under plus one twenty. I'm going to do that. I mean, it's. It's it's also I don't think Tampa's defense is very good. I mean this division New Orleans defense has been improved. Atlanta's isn't that great, but New Orleans can score. Falcons can score, and I think Matt Rule's going to find a way to put up points. So there's going to be a lot of shootouts in this division. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting division to watch. I'm going to stay away from the division total, like I'm division winner, but um, I think I'm going to hit Tampa on the under there. I like it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about New Orleans. I think the biggest offseason signing for that team is, ironically, Jameis Winston. And, mm-hmm. uh, not because they need him to play quarterback, but what they need is to protect Taysom Hill because that man yeah. is the gadget player that keeps this offense going. I think you're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill in the gadget packages this year, and uh, having that backup quarterback behind Drew Brees is going to be huge for them. Well, he was – Taysom in the playoff game was the reason why they had a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, he honestly – Drew, the last two years, come the second half of the season, can't throw the ball downfield. He can only throw the ball like 50, maybe 25 yards, it seems. He can't get that deep ball. They did add Emmanuel Sanders. He's a he's an excellent receiver. Um, but, I mean, in the past, it just seems like it's a dink and dunk game. It's kind of like a lot like Brady, where they're just trying to get the ball out in space really quickly. And then, then they're playing Tampa, where they huck and chuck. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting. I do think Atlanta is a team to watch, not because I think they're going to win the division, but they're going to spoil a lot of, a lot of, and they have a great offense. And I mean, Gurley probably is not where he was before, but he's, he's an improvement to me over Freeman and you've got great receivers there. I don't know if that defense is going to be any good, but you know, they're going to be in some games where they're going to surprise you and, and they have a moderate home field advantage too. And you know, the new Georgia dome or whatever it's called, Mercedes Benz dome. You also saw a really uh, great uptick on that defense once they switched out Dan Quinn from calling the plays yes. midpoint last season, and I think that you're going to see some surprising outcomes by this Atlanta defense this season. Right. All right, well, the last division is the NFC West. This one's, again, another kind of, I'm going to say loaded. It's not It's not quite as much as the AFC West, but it's a good division. The uh, Niners at plus 120 are the you know leader right now in the division, 10 and a half. Expected win total, the Seahawks at plus 175, nine and a half, and then the Rams at plus 575, eight and a half, with the Cardinals, I know the your Cardinals, plus 600 at seven and a half. So it looks like you like the Cardinals, and I, I think that you're right that the seven wins, you know, over seven seems good. So you got it at the seven number? Yeah, I do have a futures bet on Arizona to win over seven games at minus mm-hmm. 140. So a little bit of juice there, but... I'm really high on this Cardinals offense this season. Mm-hmm. I think adding DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a massive boost. Yep. And also the running back position is going to be upgraded with the removal of David Johnson. 
right. my boy Kyler Murray is uh, going to flash this season. I like his passing prop total over. I just saw it somewhere, 3,800 yards. I really like this Arizona team in general. They're going to be another one of those surprising teams that are going to they're going to tear some stuff up. They're going to win some games we don't expect them to win, or maybe you do, but other people don't. The Niners are going to be solid. They're rock solid. That team is incredible on defense, and I do like Seattle. I think the Rams take a you know they had a bad season last year. I think they continue to have a bad season. You know they were on hard knocks. They're showing them you know Jared Goff, blah blah blah. The problem is is this team's only paying three players right now. They've got three guys making a shit ton of money, and they can't really fill out the roster like they used to. Um, you know, the running back position is downgraded now without Gurley. They're, the receiving core, I, I don't even, besides Cooper Cup, I mean, I guess you got Robert Woods, but you, they lost Brandon Cooks. They're not the team that they were two years ago that went to the Super Bowl. So I like under, although it's a pretty stiff price, minus 140, I like under that 8.5 for them if I found a better price. Maybe look at, I don't think it's at Rivers. Um but, you know, I agreed. I think Arizona's a team on the rise. They're probably going to finish at least third in the division. And then you've got San Francisco and the Seahawks are just rock star. The one thing I've heard statistically, which I don't know if you put any credence to, is the Seahawks have to travel. They have the longest travel of, of any other team throughout the throughout the league. Do you put some stock in that, that, that might downgrade their win total a little bit? I don't think so. I, I think that you've heard that mantra the last couple of seasons. I think it was the Raiders last year, and mm-hmm. they actually played well on that long road trip. So I, I, I wouldn't. I think these professionals are used to travel, and I don't think it has any effect on the season-long prospects. I, the one thing that interests me is Seattle historically has just been so um, boneheaded in terms of running first play or first down runs. <laughs> And right. you hear that over and over again. Do you think that Pete Carroll and their offensive coordinator will let Russell Wilson sling a little this year? I've heard that that's the plan, but I don't know if this is this is all fantasy related. You know, they said that if they that they're going to try to unleash Russell, and Russell's one of the best. Honestly, I mean, if you look pure, I mean, I think Mahomes is incredible, but Wilson is kind of further along in his career, has a little bit more understanding of things. He's just so incredible. And that once they put the ball in his hand in the fourth quarter, he always brings him back. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do that early instead of just going, falling back down by 10 points? And I think that there's something to that. They have good weapons there, right? They have good, you know, good pass catchers. So I'd hope that they do that. I just don't know. I mean, the one thing about Pete Carroll is he is who he is. He does like to run the ball, play action, and then he's lucky that he has Russell Wilson to bail him out. And that young defense, as we've talked about the last couple of years, has really improved. So, you know, maybe they don't have to sling it as much as they did in the past. Because San Francisco's not going to run away with you either. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just Arizona. When they play a team like Arizona, I don't think the Rams can score like they used to. You're going to have to score points against Arizona regardless of who's on defense. Yeah. I do like a lot of overs. I think Arizona is going to be a huge over team this season. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into the Super Bowl, and, you know, we can kind of – integrate the conference title like that too um you know the bet online odds i pulled for the whole you know for all the super bowl futures you know the top is kansas city at plus 600 uh, baltimore plus 650 san francisco at plus a thousand with new orleans at plus a thousand look at tampa plus 1200 um dallas is plus 1400 seattle plus 16 indiana or indianapolis plus 2000 the Eagles plus 2,200, 
New England's still in there, plus 2,200. Green Bay, Minnesota, and Buffalo all at plus 2,500. And Tennessee at plus 3,300. I didn't go beyond that. Um, what do you, what stands out for me from this, or is there anybody you like? I think that the number and name that jumped off the page at me was New England, way down mm-hmm. there. When's the last time you saw the Patriots at better than 20 to 1? And I think that uh, a lot of people are expecting them to take a hit with the loss of Tom Brady. And I just don't really yep. see the move from Brady to Cam Newton as much of a downgrade at all. Sure. And I sure. mean, the key on that team is coach Bill Belichick. And I think he's going to have that team ready. I think you get some pretty good value there. Although mm-hmm. I'm not really going to be jumping into this futures pool at all. I'm going to sit back and wait and see what comes out of the season first couple of weeks before I look at making any Super Bowl futures. How about you? Yep. Well, the teams that stood out to me, you know, first are the two NFC East teams, Dallas at plus 1,400 and Philly at plus 2,200. Those two teams to me are, are going to be in the playoffs. I mean, obviously pending Wentz's health. And for me, they're going to host playoff games. It's almost like they have an easy path to the second weekend. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a simple value play there. Uh, I don't really – I actually have Dallas in the Super Bowl this year. Uh, you know, I know that you had him in there last year, I think. I think McCarthy, whatever, I don't love the guy, but that talent is hard to deny. And you just kind of figure that San Francisco, you know, logically will have that hangover, you know, that Super Bowl hangover. It happens almost every year to the runner-up. New Orleans has always, they've been close, 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 but I think they missed their window, you know. So now it boils down to who do I like? I mean, I do love Russell Wilson in, in Seattle, but they've got San Francisco in front of them. So one of those two teams feels really solid, at least on the NFC side, to, to pick them as a future, you know, to get out of the NFC. And it might be you know, worthwhile at plus 1,400, or plus 2,200 to, to bet them for Super Bowl. I don't think anybody's beaten Kansas City, but still. And then the other team was just Tennessee. I mean, they went to the AFC title game. I know it's a specific formula, but plus 3,300, I mean, why are they under Buffalo? You know, why are they under even New England for that matter? I know they got to get through Indy, but they're a team that can win in wildcard weekend and, and they can go on the road. They don't care. It's the same style. So that's a value pick that honestly, if you got to the point where you got to, uh, you know, the AFC championship game and had a, t- a futures ticket on them, maybe you could kind of prop swap it or something like that. It was such a valuable thing last year. Yeah. So those are the teams I was looking at. I think you're onto something there looking at the NFC side of the board here when you look at the top two teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of power ratings. It's Kansas City and mm-hmm. Baltimore. So mm-hmm. I think that you're wise to kind of target the other side of the bracket here if you're throwing a dart at a futures play. Or right. Better than a dart. <laughs> and yeah, for the record, I do have Kansas City beating Dallas in the Super Bowl, but um, but still, I mean, I would get to that point, would greatly hedge that bet if I got to that point, you know? Yeah, I think you're onto something there. I like Dallas a lot as well. I haven't made any Super Bowl picks, but that would be my play on the NFC side. All right. Do you still like Kansas City to win, or are you a Baltimore guy? You know, Baltimore is going to be really good this season, and I think yeah. that I probably have them up a little bit higher than Kansas City right off the bat. But, of course, that always hinges on the health of Lamar Jackson. So I do think that everyone healthy, I would probably pick Baltimore over Kansas City on that side. You know, and I, 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 I 
I'm sorry, America, you know, because this is our first podcast in a while. Let's see. I don't have the Steelers, though, on this list. I should have had them up there. I wonder, because that's another team, like we talked about, they could be a total dark horse. And Baltimore, like you said, if you have injuries with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to walk away. Maybe not walk away, but they should win the AFC North. And then, you know, let me just see. Let me pull it up here. All right, so Pittsburgh is God, they, they're plus twenty five hundred. I missed them in there. So so plus twenty five hundred. So I mean that's that's a solid bet too. You know, just as a an alt um, to me anyway. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh certainly capable of making a deep run. All right, well, let's go over the week one matchups and then make our picks. It is a long episode of America, so we'll thank you for bearing with us. Um, so the we won't go over every line necessarily. Let's talk about the ones that stick out. Uh, I was kind of – what I listed on our outline here is both the opening number and the current. There, there's quite a bit of movement in some of these, and maybe that helps you. One of the ones I am talking about, I know you, you're going to probably stick with your local team, the, the Lions, but I do like the Bears – they were an opening favorite, and now they're getting three points. I know it's on the road. Um, the total's 44. I still think the Bears are better than the Lions. I know that's it might be Comerism, but I think that defense is still super legit. And Mitch usually plays well against Detroit, so I'm a little surprised that this line moved this far. Yeah, what do you think the reason is for the move? I mean, does that scare you at all? The only thing that I can think about is your point about Stafford. Everybody's talking up Stafford again, and I guess that's true that he was having MVP. He was just kind of ball control. Uh, I don't really know. I, I don't think Matt Patricia is a very good coach, to be honest with you. His defense sucked last year, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be a defensive genius. So there's a lot of hype train on, on Detroit, and of course they should win a home opener, um, but and I wish it was three and a half, certainly. And we don't know what the circle line will be, right? Because circle lines aren't out, right? Or you have to enter the contest to know them? Is that how it is? Uh, they'll come out on Thursday. I believe they're okay. sticking to the same release uh, timing in terms of uh, Thursday morning. Sure. I, I don't really, I can't really explain the live movement, but four points is a huge move. And to me, I think the Bears are the better team. So I would, I know that's a homer pick and we can go away from it in the contest, but that seems to be an error in the market. Yeah, well, I mean, three points is a, certainly a key number and something that we could look at when the lines come out later this week. Right. Another one is, and again, this may be contrary to what we were saying about New England being so good. They're six-point favorites at home against Miami. Uh, we know what Miami did at the end of the season last year. And, you know, Brian Flores is a disciple of, of Belichick, and he actually got his team turned around. I like Miami to be better this year. Six points seems like a big number, especially with a 43-point total. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, getting the underdog in that game? I definitely like the Dolphins this season, and Fitzmagic has named the starter. Do you think that he's going to have that magic in his arm in week one, <laughs> traveling to New England? I did hear that there's going to be a little bit of weather in the forecast for the northeastern okay. seaboard um, expected on Sunday. So that's something that we may want to look at here in terms of total. But six points is certainly a lot in a division game, and I think Miami has really played well against New England the last couple of times out. Yeah, even when they stink a couple of years ago, you know, they've beaten them. They've beaten them once a year, right? Outright. So, um, another one I just identified is you know Atlanta at home. 
being a two-point dog, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a low total at 49 as well for these two teams. I think Atlanta could, is going to outright win the game, but it's the first game of the year. You know, Seattle's – I'm not sure if they'll be all together, and Atlanta's got an offense, and they're healthy. When they're healthy on offense and defense, they're usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like the, the home dog in that game. Yeah, I think I like that one as well. You have the Atlanta Falcons catching points at home. I think that – a lot of home underdogs are going to have some value here, especially in week one, given the mm-hmm. pandemic climate. So I could be there with you on that one. What are your thoughts on fading the tanking Jacksonville Jaguars right off the bat? They are playing at home in that heat, so there's presumably some advantage there. But um, mm-hmm. you know, line has moved from seven to seven and a half now. They're catching the extra hook, which could steer us off it, but. I'm right. to fade Jacksonville as much as possible. I mean, is Jacksonville this year's Miami? Remember last year, the first five games with Miami where it was, mm-hmm. I think week one, they were 13-point dogs, and then it was 17, and then it was, I mean, it was just nuts. And they kept they kept losing. They kept covering. Like, the, the favorite was covering. I'm on board with it. I think that Indy is obviously a really good team. Seven and a half. God, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But you probably will see that seven and a half or eight in the circuit contest. You know, I trust you, buddy. I think that it's a good, it's a logical pick, uh, especially until those numbers get too far inflated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the point is I think you're getting some value, like almost three points of value there. Jacksonville really should be a double-digit dog, I think. Right, exactly, exactly. Okay, that sounds good. Um, any other ones? I, I, I highlighted and we're, we're on different sides of the page here. So the Titans and Denver, Denver was a three-point favorite at home and the opener now they're one and a half at home uh 41 point total very low total i just you know a lot anti denver not no maybe too pro denver but anti titans my big thing is this is that denver if you are not in shape and you're going to the altitude and playing that fourth quarter is going to be rough so i really i just like denver in that situation as an opener at home low to, you know it's under under a field goal to win the game i like it but you know you might talk me out of it because i do like mike, mike Vrabel. i think he's one of the top three four coaches in the league yeah that was going to be my counter to the mile high opener is i think that if there's any coach you know Vrabel and belichick come to mind that they're going to have their team prepared to play in those conditions and i, I wonder too if that's already built into the line certainly seems yeah. like it on the opener of Denver minus three, and obviously you've seen some money come in on the Titans here, which has brought it down to one and a half. And I think that um, the altitude angle is something that gets played up in the first month of the season every September. So certainly mm-hmm. most betters have known that, and I'm guessing it's built into that line. Right, right. I gotcha. Well, I like the Buffalo Bills. Back to our tried you know, and true. We, you know, we love our Bills. They're opening at home, <laughs> and it's minus six and a half point spread against the New York Jets, a team that I'm interested in fading this season. Yep. And I think Me that too. you're also going to have some weather in this game, which is probably going to help the Bills. You know, Josh Allen doesn't tend to air it out too much, and that defense is just nasty. And a little bit of weather, I think, will help them cover this number. Right. No, I mean, I, I love the Bills. You know, I'll always jump on the Bills bandwagons. I mean, it, it's a big number for a 40-point total. I think that's the lowest total on the board. Mm-hmm. I do think there's going to be a, a little bit more. What's that? I think it's going Is down, it? too. I don't 
Oh, is this? Yeah, maybe 40 now, but I won't expect it'll be 40 by kickoff. Right. So six and a half is a big total for that, but I think you're right. I th- it's not that the Jets are tanking, but, you know, once they lost Jamal Adams, you know, a lot of flares go up in my mind. That guy's a winner, and he really wants to be part of a winning franchise. He didn't feel that that was the case there. Sam Darnold actually I think is decent, but they don't have weapons anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robbie Anderson's gone. You got Jamison Crowder as your number one. I mean, whew. I mean, Buffalo's defense could just this could be a shutout. So I could I could get on board with Buffalo there. Okay. The other one that I was thinking it is tough though. It's a road road spot with five points, but Pittsburgh and the Giants. Um, I mean, they started off at three and now they're five point favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just kind of feel like if Ben is healthy, they're going to try to light it up, you know. I mean, 47 is a decent total, but it's not going to be ground and pound. It's going to be let's just <laughs> let's see if Ben's arm is feeling pretty good and, and throw it all over the yard. And I don't I don't think the Giants are any good either. Uh, so it, we're, we're kind of opening up with like, let's fade all these bad teams. But it's not a bad way to go until the lines adjust. Yeah. And I think that the Steelers' defense is going to be nasty this season. I have them as my number one rated defense. They picked mm-hmm. up Mika Fitzpatrick late in the season last year, and he's had the whole offseason to integrate. And I, I love the Steelers' team on that side of the ball, so I certainly would like to play on them a lot this season. Okay, so we have some possibilities. But, you know, for normal listeners, what we normally do is we do this you know, taping, usually Monday, Tuesday, or usually Tuesday, before the lines come out for Circa, we kind of identify what we're thinking, and then the Circa lines come out, and then we have another conversation, and we lock in our picks. So it sounds like we're in agreement with Indy, Buffalo, and would you go Pittsburgh for sure? Or? I think so. Yeah, so then it's just two more, whether it's the Bears or the – I don't know if you'll get on board with me with the Broncos, but the Dolphins look good. Uh, so maybe that's our fourth. And then I don't know, one of those other three, Seattle – I mean, Atlanta, Denver, so the two home teams. It's probably better to take a home team versus the Bears. But so we've got some options. There's going to be a lot of news comes out this week, too. Certainly in week one, some of these tests are going to start hitting the board. And I'm certain there may be a few injuries between now and Thursday, Friday, Saturday as well. So you never know what kind of movement we might see across the board here. Right, for sure. We'll check it out. Okay, well, I mean, hearty episode action. Way to jump in with two feet. We got it done. Uh, hopefully that my face didn't break the camera over there. <laughs> Likewise. Only wear glasses. I got the contacts ready to play volleyball, so we're we're trying this. Hopefully it's posted on YouTube. That's that's the goal. Um, so follow us at Sign Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at, at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at thirty one s Roberts. Hopefully we will have this up on some sort of YouTube platform. I will. I'm going to be doing that in the next day or so. Uh, we're taping this on Monday, the Labor Day. I'm sure Action will get this out in the next couple of days, so you can get ready to season. But we normally tape on Tuesday. I guess we haven't talked about schedule, but you know, around Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday before, and then you know we'll have it up for you guys to get ready for your work for your uh, your betting week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get this up soon, and uh, certainly do a little bit more research and getting ready to fly out to Vegas on Friday. Can't wait. I yeah, know that things will be a little different this year, but the weather looks nice, and hopefully we can get some more pool time in than we have in last trip trips past. Yeah. 
last year, zero. Uh, it was pretty hot. I mean, I did see it's going to be still be 100, but it's going down. It was like 110 yesterday, so yeah. <laughs> virtual cold spell. Uh, anyway, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and hopefully you'll follow us the rest of the season and uh, make it happen. Yeah, look out for a couple of live spots from Vegas as well. Maybe if we get that YouTube channel up and running, we can post some TikToks or other types yeah. of videos, whatever the kids are doing these days. I knew you were a TikTok guy, or at least Melissa can help us with a TikTok. Yeah, Snapchats, <laughs> YouTube videos. Maybe we'll run into That's Patrick right. Everson again this year. It'll be a good time. Yeah, exactly. We never did have him on the show, so, you know. Yeah, he dodged us. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, good luck in week one and enjoy it, and we're, we're glad to have football back. Yeah, definitely. Everyone stay safe out there and enjoy week one. Peace out. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.